You got your dancing shoes on, Baron? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> So, this week we are talking about Emma. It's not this week. We've done a couple this week. Uh, this episode we're talking episode. about Emma mm. from MIF, Melbourne International Film Festival, the 68 and a half, half, half is a weird word, half edition. Um, and we are uh, at home, not enjoying the full festival and all its glory, but we are loving this digital only vest- festival still, I think. Apparently everyone is. Yeah, really? well, I read or heard that somewhere that it's like everyone just loves it. This this virtual myth. Well, there's something to it, right? And mm. and we at some point we'll tell everyone. But uh, so I'm just going to do it now. In <laughs> some weeks to come, we're going to be doing the Austin Film Festival, which for the first time ever, we're going to be able to tune in for a pretty low price, get access to the entire. Mm. Uh, film collection for the festival uh, and there's options for you know uh, conferences and all of the panels that come with the festival as well for people who want to go that way which is pretty special no traveling to texas this time yeah austin here we come virtually yeah can't wait but on to today emma by uh director director pablo lorraine emma the closing night film of the festival mm. another spotlight big deal film where you could you get five hours in which you can watch it yeah on that firstly i used every one of my five hours every minute i got to the end of the film and <laughs> i was racing oh my against God. it and i'm looking to see how many minutes left and it was virtually when this credits rolled it cut out this does not sound promising for the closing night film that you stretched it out over five hours. I no, no. Feeling. <laughs> no, I didn't take five hours to watch it. <laughs> I just left it to the... You just left it to the last yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you don't didn't... read anything into that. <laughs> you didn't start it and then wait four hours and then watch the remaining remaining part? Nah, I no, I watched it through and I liked it. Okay. That's <laughs> uh, a ringing endorsement right there. You liked it. It was all right. How do you want to start? I feel I feel the same way, honestly. Uh, I ha- there were things that I liked about this film, and there was a lot that I found troubling. Troubling, troubling oh. in in terms of just the way it was done. I just didn't go for all of it. So okay, I'm, it's, I feel it's a very mixed bag for me. But I'm looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, me too. Because while I might have given a lukewarm response with I liked it, I, I really quite liked it. You know, I, this was. It's had a lot of good points for me, so I'm thinking maybe I've enjoyed it more than you is my first Yeah, it sounds instinct. that way. Mm. Okay. Well, so shall we do a synopsis? Is that where we should start? I think we should. It's not going to be an easy synopsis. No, it's another one of those. Yeah, so who... who um... I think you should do it. <laughs> oh, you're such a gentleman. <laughs> sounds clearly like it, it should be your one for you, Doc. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, a synopsis of the... Insynopsible. Um, <laughs> I, I think you've, you've kind of got to extricate the synopsis from this film, don't you? Because it's not linear in any way. So the whole film is is trying to catch up to the plot line. But I'll have a crack. It, it starts with the, this couple. They're the central figures, um, Emma and Gaston. Uh, Emma played by... Um, uh, Mariana, Mariana di, di, di Girolamo. Di Girolamo. And Gaston, played by the 
the better known Gail Garcia uh, Bernal. Bernal. So uh, she's a dancer. He's the choreographer. He's 12 years older, so he's cradle-snatched her at some stage. Um, They've not been able to have kids due to him him being uh, infertile. Uh, So they've adopted. And then the big controversy is is you, by degrees, end up realising that they've given away their adopted child. So they've adopted him and then they've thrown their hands up and said, no, we don't want him anymore. Or some version of that. Yeah. Their relationship is all on the rocks. And Emma decides to go on this crazy adventure to get her son back. And that involves... What does it involve? My goodness. Um, Pyromania. (laughs) It involves pyromania. (laughs) It it involves uh, tracking down the new parents of of the kid, Polo. Mm. um, And seducing both parents... Uh, separately, weaving individually. separate separately individually, <laughs> yeah. weaving them both into her web, uh, getting a job at the school where her son now is, and stealing him, and then basically convincing everyone to end in a polyamorous um, <laughs> situation. Yes, uh, it looked that way, right? Yeah, like, yeah, and they were all just housing in together and doing doing all the doing all the stuff together as a group. Crazy. Yes, look, that'll that'll do for my synopsis. I know that's pretty ordinary, but it covers the main points for me. It does. It, it absolutely does. It doesn't cover the meandering, disjointed, non-linear no. nature of that story. No. Um, but, but that's. But we'll talk about that. We shall cover that next. So. We've already started talking a little bit about how we feel about this film. Um, I was I was troubled with a lot of the things that I think you brought up mm. in the synopsis. Just the the ins and outs and the twists and turns of this story are quite meandering. And yeah. uh, there are, you know, you brought them up. There are great major plot points to hang things on that are, you know, quite good twists and turns. But just the way that they present them is in such a sort of almost lazy way of just like oh yeah and then that then that happened in the middle of all the other meanderings you um you sort of get you, you know i don't know it doesn't feel like an, like a lot's happening even though there is quite a bit going on yeah gee i i interpret it or maybe not interpret it but my response to it is completely different yeah i thought it was a genius way to structure the film it was like there were little mini mysteries all through relating to the plot so at first you don't know where the relationships lie and then you gradually work out what the relationship is then you don't know what the tension between them is and you gradually work out it's the kid that's been adopted and then you don't know why she's meeting with the lawyer and then you realize there's an ulterior motive to that and and that's the structure all through and it's once you latch on to that way of storytelling I think it's quite innovative and you're then constantly um, looking for the, as, as each act starts, I guess, you're looking for the clues and then trying to solve the clues to, to get to that plot, plot point. Yeah. That's Found a good it point. A mysterious way to make a film. It's not very conventional in a lot of ways, this film. And let's not, I guess we should also mention that a huge part of this film is that it's kind of like a dance performance at the same time, right? There's a lot of sequences cut in that are, mm. that are just music and dance. And the music's like that kind of, um, uh, 
uh, synthesized. Yeah, they call it reggaeton, right? But it's kind of like half electro synth sort of stuff. And uh, it's quite engaging. Like the the music's quite, is pretty great. And as a a score against this backdrop, it works really, really well. Particularly because all the young people in it, all the dancers are all kind of dressed in this Euro trash style. Like they've Mm. got sort of crop tops and their bright colors and um, Adidas tracksuit pants and all that sort of <laughs> stuff going on, right? And they've all got like d- crazy haircuts and dyed dyed hair and all that. Yeah. Yeah, there's there, there, there's a lot going on there. It's, <laughs> there's a lot to take in with this film. Yeah, and it's it's exhausting sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. You really have to be on your game uh, and, and you're trying to decode all of the time. And when you're not trying to decode, you're just trying to keep up with that frenetic energy of the dancing and and the, yeah that's right the outrageousness of the of the characters and you, you can rarely pinpoint even a character can you like emma for example you spend the whole film trying to work her out and you still you still don't at the end yeah really. that's true that's true <laughs> i know she's very mysterious through and through um the other thing i mean and and I suppose, yeah, that's right. You learn, it's it's almost like she's this mysterious, hard, very hard to read core in the center of the film. And all of the characters around her are the ones who are being changed. She's just sort of relentlessly driving through on this yeah. goal. That, and she doesn't, she doesn't deviate much from it at all. In fact, you get the sense that she, that this was her plan the whole time in a way. Uh, but everyone around her is just getting their lives completely shaken up and turned upside down. Yeah, and it's not just changed, it's manipulated. Right. She yes. is the puppet master manipulating everybody uh, with, with aided by her bevy of um, psychosexual sisters. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, a really dark, twisted Spice Girls. Yeah, they're like a swarm <laughs> or a she-wolf pack or something. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, they really, when they all get together, they're quite intimidating um, because they, yeah. when she's doing her seductions, both of the the mother lawyer and the father fireman, uh, they're included in both of those, aren't they? It's like a, you know, gang seduction. Yes, I know. They're, it seems like they're across the plan the whole plan with her. And there's yeah. a bit of point in the film where they're all hanging out uh, under a, a lamplight of a like dark street or something. And, and one of them says, if you want us to commit a crime where we're ready, mm. you know, so like they, they, they seem to be in all the way. She's won them over somehow. Yeah. It's like they're for them. It's all just another dance, isn't it? Like, cause a dance is a, you know, this swarming massive bodies all coordinated in a way. And then they're, they take that into the real world and are, you know, yeah. dancing through it. <laughs> it's that same wildness with coordination happening yeah, at, yeah. The, at the heart of it. And it's she has this weird, uh, strong, like overly strong seductive ability to just win everybody over to her side with seemingly no effort, which is I found a little like, you know, we were, we were being asked to, to sort of um, suspend our disbelief a little bit because I just, you know, you mm. look at you look at the act the actor playing these sorts of roles, and you have to believe it. And I was yeah. like, I was maybe maybe sixty percent there with her. I thought she did a fine job, but I didn't quite, I couldn't quite make that leap to. Mm. He is the master manipulator of all these people. 
some of those scenes I found really interesting to watch, though, whether you believe them or not, because there, mm. there were quite a few that were just, like a lot of the film, oddly disconcerting the when she seduces the the lawyer it it just it, it's just odd and and you can't believe what has happened with the scene similarly with the principal similarly with the yeah with the shrink you know when she's getting that she's doing that test and she kind of turns the tables on him a little bit yeah yeah definitely um and obviously with the fiery guy yeah i get that sometimes that didn't make sense but i enjoyed just the you know how it was portrayed um and you know one thing i was thinking about afterwards is this is kind of a heist film which is heist. yeah okay which is which is crazy because the film really has nothing in common with a heist film except for mm. this sort of central like none of the tropes are there but there's this central kind of idea of uh this is we are going to get polo back yeah. Uh, no matter what, and there's a plan involved. But there's <laughs> no scene where they all sit down and go, okay, you're going there, you're going to do that, and the, clock, the clock's ticking, so we've got to be there before this happens. None of that, you know, there's none of that normal heist film stuff. Um, yeah. While all while it's got that thread running through it, there's nothing else about it that says heist film, and it's probably actually more of a psychological something or other. Not quite a thriller either. Mm. Yeah, and well, there's no... In order for that scene where you get the gang together, you know all the 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 best the best guys um, to do the heist. Any scene resembling that is missing from the narrative right. structure anyway, because there's no setup ever. No, um, you're just always guessing. You're always guessing. So if they had that scene, it would come after anyway. You're right. It would be a, a huge reveal at the end, and mm. you would see sort of this. Uh, lady with blonde hair and black glasses just like disappearing in the background of all these scenes <laughs> while she describes how she set all the pieces in motion yeah <laughs> the um yeah kevin spacey usual suspect star <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly um how did you find that blonde hair by the way it's just such a it's such an intense style uh, mm. i i uh i kind of hated it a little bit honestly there was something about it well, it was hard to look at, like the whole Very. film. It was ah, just like it, the rest of the film. Yeah, it was. Um, it made you work. <laughs> mm, sure did. Sure. You did. had you had that uh, that bigger reaction to it that it's in one of your dot points to mention. It's not in a dot point, but it just popped into my head because yes, it did really bother me. I kept looking at the hairline mm. and how sort of sort of pasted back it was, and how blonde yeah. it was, and just and it didn't. I didn't think it looked good. You know what I mean? Like it's just not a, it just mm. doesn't it's just not a good hairstyle. Um, and to put that on your lead <laughs> actress, who is the and this character is the the seductress of everybody else in the film, yeah. I thought was a bit of a was an unusual choice. But there's a lot in this film that's that's like that really. Yeah, while she was a seductress within the confines of the film, I don't think she was meant to be a seductress to us mm. as the audience. Like I've yeah. often been critical of that sort of thing as well like if if you've got a someone who's meant to be alluring in a in a role you kind of want them to be as the audience. you want <laughs> to have to legitimately pull the audience in that that way as well yeah yeah, w yeah. when that's done well is like great expectations when Gwyneth Paltrow is the main character so the whole Absolutely. audience understands why she's so alluring yeah yeah Every everyone's like yeah I'd do her yeah exactly <laughs> 
and, yeah. and this this one is just different, and it's I think it's more, um, maybe more real. I don't know. It less, is probably less... more real. Yeah, I mean, what she does have is that sort of, uh, that sort of uh, intense certainty that you meet you you come across in some people that you meet and mm. you can you get off her this huge amounts of confidence and that that's attractive to people so i guess yeah. there is that and there's the whole the there's the female power thing like she is the powerful central mm. figure and she's a woman and uh she's not reliant on men like quite the opposite yeah that's so right. it, it is quite a powerful um female character and women's film i guess feminist film in a way what was the meaning that you took away if there is a meaning (laughs) of of the the pyromania that's going on in there like she gets a she gets hold Mm. of basically a flamethrower that shoots napalm and they even describe how you make napalm and then she goes out and just burns like playgrounds and stoplights and yeah trash bins and things like you know what's that all about what was your take look i didn't have a a really good take on it other than it just being a, a metaphor for her destructive power. That's a pretty good take. Yep. Yeah. And I I didn't take much much of it throughout the film, but I really liked it in the at the start. I thought the opening image of the traffic lights mm. on fire mm. were was quite spoke to me a little bit. And that so tells it, you who this character is right from the start, right? And you can kind of tell it's her. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I could tell it's her, but I, it, I felt this is a world where, um, in chaos, uh, and I just found it interesting that the traffic lights were went, so one was on fire, but then the traffic lights went from red to green, so almost indicating that the world is still going. Wow! While there's still chaos. Yeah, great. I like. That. I don't. Know, I've probably gone too deep into that. But just, I. I I liked it at the start, and then I just started thinking. You very easily could have gone... I think you may have gone too deep with that, but I still <laughs> love it, and it could be entirely intentional, and I think it's great. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. I've uh, gone too deep. <laughs> that's good. Keep going deep. I love it. So, and how did you take the whole uh, sort of dance theme running through it? Did, mm. did, did you enjoy all the little kind of music videos and rooftop dance scenes and stuff like that that were kind of scattered through this film? Uh, yes and no. I think I expected something different. I, I thought we were going to see a film that was almost all dance. Mm, me too. The trailer it, tells you that. Yeah. The trailer yeah. gives you the sense that this whole film is almost like a um, La La Land with a strange uh, Hispanic bent to it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I thought the the dancing was almost incidental to this uh, and mm. wasn't really a massive part of it for me. A sort of almost like a character, part mm. of the character's description as, as opposed to like a major theme in the story in any way. Um, well, it wasn't a bad... No, I didn't mind it. I thought it added... Um, it added accent, like an accent to the film or like some punctuation throughout it that yeah. was interesting. The music is so tied to these dance scenes and then plays part as the score throughout the film as well. And I really liked the music. That was one of the standouts for me. I thought this, the music the whole way through was great. 
and added so much to the film, as well as that sort of really busy, jostling mm. Valparaiso sat like streetscape that's running the whole way through as well, which is great. I, I was so taken with the story structure that the the music I liked, but probably wasn't the main thing for me either. Yeah, right. I thought Gael Garcia Bernal was great in this, although he is kind of playing, if you've seen Mozart in the Jungle, he's basically, uh, he's playing almost the same character. It's very, very similar. So I've seen him do something like this before. Yeah. A super, like, uber self-involved music director in that show. And in this, he's a he's a dance director or choreographer. Like, it's... And, and equally as self-involved, so I haven't I haven't seen that, but I really find him fun to watch. Me too. Um, I remember him. I first came across him in what is it? E tu mama tambien, and I thought he stole the show in that. And I haven't seen enough of him since, but so I really enjoyed watching him in this, and thought he was pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's getting as he gets older. One thing I noticed when I was watching this. Um, particularly when I was watching him next to an actress that's a lot younger, mm. is he's getting this strange thing that older men in Hollywood get, like as they, as they sort of. <laughs> I can't hit, wait for what you're going to say here. I don't. I've got no idea where you're going. It's it's just this incredible face thing that happens. I think they use yeah. whatever they do, whatever work on their face that they all <laughs> all these old male actors are doing. Yeah, you get they get like these fully like chiselled, like well moisturized kind of <laughs> angular features with their ta- deeply tanned and yeah. their eyes are somehow shockingly blue against that and their hair is just like perfectly grayed a little bit and just just like t- <laughs> you know like just quaffed over perfectly and yeah and then they just walk around with that face that and and I just I've started to notice that a bunch of the older kind of uh, Hollywood dudes all have the same things same going face. on they've got the same face it's like they've signed up somewhere yeah. And got that face. <laughs> <laughs> he's always been pretty. Yeah, he's, he's always, always had an interesting, fa- interesting chiselled face, has. though. He has. So I, I don't know. I'd <laughs> be interested to see if that's if that's. I'm going to Google a bunch of faces later and send them your way. It's going to be weird, but we'll we have an excuse, right? This episode, people know what we're talking about. If your wife's asking, <laughs> why? <laughs> well, I've got all these uh, older male. Actor faces on your phone. <laughs> They're all so handsome. <laughs> he is. I like him. I like him. He's. He had a couple of really standout scenes, I think. And I think he, he was my favourite part of the film as far as performance-wise. I, I like I the, ma- the main act- actress too. But yeah, I thought, I thought they were both good, but he, he's standout he as was usual. Stand- yeah, yeah. Um, mm. That scene where he... Um, he basically gives the big speech at the dance studio and and explains their whole situation to the whole room. Yes. I thought that was fascinating. There were some great scenes, particularly in the first half of the film, and but peppered throughout, where um, to his character Gaston and Emma are both mm. having trying to have a sensible discussion about their son who... For, mm. or, or, or anything, actually. It happens a bunch of times. And it, it almost always descends into them just mm. abusing each other with the with completely straight faces like there is zero emotion yes. going on in this scene and they're just they're just leveling the most like just destroying soul destroying abuse at each other not reacting at all it's incredible 
It's just part of their relationship. Yep. It's yep. such a cruel film sometimes, isn't it? It's devastating, and yet neither of them react at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, she certainly. Well, no, no. They they probably both react a little. Yeah, but, it, but it's so muted. It's not. You're right. Mm. They are, and I guess that's a good performance. You can see that underneath, each blow stings, and they're just determined not to show it. Mm. You can. I just can't imagine anyone being that way though. You have to be a particularly self-involved, mm. cold person to be able to pull that sort of stuff off. Yeah. Mm. You can see it sting him. I yes. think you see that more that than also. her. Yeah. Which might just, it also could just be like acting skills. You know, his performance is really great. So, Well, she's just an enigma throughout. So <laughs> that's you right. Don't, you don't know what she's thinking. No, you don't. About anybody. No, she doesn't anything. give you, she doesn't give you much. Uh, yeah. You know, purposefully so, but... Then, you, then again, sometimes I imagine if you put a slightly better, like someone who's just a slightly better actor with some more serious chops and not saying anything against her, really, mm. um, but you could put someone in who would just destroy that role, you know. Or destroy the role but not be able to dance at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she can really dance. Probably That's wouldn't true. have mattered. Wouldn't have mattered. I Probably guess. wouldn't have. Because the dance, you can tell she's good at it, right? Yeah. But it's pretty weird dancing in general. It's not dancing that you that you see on... Uh, Dancing with the Stars ever or anything Dancing like that. with the Stars, that's your reference. It's not dancing that you'd see. It's no. not of the calibre of Dancing it's with the Stars. It's certainly not of that calibre. No, no. That good point, Baron. That's, that's that... a good point. <laughs> Speaking of cruelty, like the that crazy bunch of, we'll call them sisters, but a couple of them actually are her sisters, Yeah. Of the, the big throng of... Yeah, well, I don't know if, if the actual group of dancers, if that's if that's any of them are her sister, but I know her sister's, like, there quite often in that little mm. extended group. But the, the dancers was one of those her sisters, did you think? I thought, I thought the one with the fringe ah, was, they, was a sister. But they then, do some kind of sexual stuff together later, though, so... Well, there's... <laughs> but there's that, there's that running all through it. There is, you're right. This, this everyone's weird... up for grabs, right? In, including up... the adopted son. It sounds like at one point, the adopted son, the sisters, the yeah. the mother. Even the way she yeah. leans on her mother is similar to how she engages with the lawyer. It's, it's really freaky. Um, it's a little disturbing. It's true. And also, Gail's character just seems to be cool with all of that. <laughs> you know, he's well, got it's this a different... vibe. It's a different world, isn't it? Which we haven't really talked about. This is mm. this is in set, this is a, a Chilean film, yeah, and it's in a particular town called Valparaiso, yeah, which uh, Edith and I went to actually, really? and it has a yeah. We went there back in two thousand and five, I'd say. Mm. It has this, and they they have like the um the cable cars in the film, and mm. they give you a, a little sense of the terrain, but it, it's basically like a a bay that has is surrounded by cliffs. And yeah. the housing is built all up the cliffs up to the top. And the really wealthy people live at the top of the cliff, cliff and the it's seemingly like the poorer people live at the bottom. That's the vibe you get from this place. Interesting. And you go, you, when you travel up these cable cars, you feel like you're literally traveling up the classes and <laughs> vice versa. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting place. It has a, a real sort of grungy underbelly to it and that's what these kids feel like that are in this or these, mm. the, the young dancers yeah they you, it sounded like you were explaining the social hierarchy of parasite 
<laughs> yes, which was, was very point. similar. Yeah. yeah, good point. Is yeah, is there I much found that a... part of the world really weird. It's a strange place to travel through. It's got an odd feeling to it, like it's been lost in time a little bit. Is there much sense of place in the film? Like, did you feel you recognised the vibe of it? Yeah, loads. Ah. Or just the whole layout of the place and that sort of mm. those sort of grungy, derelict-looking streets is how that whole town feels. Mm. Yeah, it's got it's. I it's it was surprising to me when we travelled through, like how much of a presence that town has, and it comes through in this in this film. Yeah, jeez, okay, got to go there. We've we've been to um, Chile and and Guatemala so far, so we really well, no in. In this festival. Oh, in this festival. <laughs> you were saying that you and Wendy had. Yeah, you're right. We have, yes. Uh, a South American tour is on the yeah, cards. Well, actually, Guatemala is central, so we have to do both. Bummer. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. If you I'm have there. to. Yeah. What else is worth talking about? We've talked about most of the things that really stood out to me. I think the the winding, meandering, sort of dance video-ish you know, vibe of it threw me a little bit although it does have like probably one of the wildest and uh actually also very successful like sex montages that i've ever seen in film Mm. like it just it goes it feels like it goes for about two minutes and it's intercut all the people that emma has seduced and they've got like Mm. blue and red lights going and it's just kind of artistic and wild and beautifully edited and intercut the way she's moving between all these different partners at the same time and mm. just bending them to her will. Crazy. That was, I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I've never seen was... anything like it before and actually um, it, it's, I think, one of the standout parts of the film. Yeah. And, and it was so restrained on the sex stuff up to that mm. point. Uh, like I, I, I remember with when she's seducing the lawyer who's the mum, uh, she basically does the seduction, but then they cut to them just canoodling. It. No, no, t- playing table tennis. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they completely subverted it. So where you'd normally move to the to the sex scene, it moves to them playing table tennis. So and yeah. similar things throughout. And then this one, late in the film, they just hit you between the eyeballs with it, but it's. It really had a a reason for being there, didn't it? It did. Um, yeah, it really did. Because that that intercutting mm. of all of these people, all kind of having sex and then climaxing, kind of all around the same time, really drives the point open uh, uh, to you. And it's something that you haven't seen before. You know, like mm. it, it. So it's fresh on two levels. It's great. I, I was feeling sorry for everyone. Because because there's some some real emotions caught up yeah, there, especially yeah. with um, I keep talk, calling it the lawyer. I'm not sure what the character's name is, but um, no, I haven't written it down either. Like no. she she was fall, falling pretty hard, I think, big time. Once you know what the film is, like none of it really surprised me. But the, then the bit that did really yeah. get to me was that after well, first of all, was that she had this well laid out heist plan, right, and yeah. then. What, when she finally gets into the classroom with Polo, the adopted son who she's given away, her grand plan is to just grab him by the hand and say, <laughs> come on, let's go, and just run out of the school with him. Like, that seemed like you could do that 
without any of the other prep. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could have you could have done the heist without any of the heists if that was all you were going to do in the end, you know? Let, let, let really, me just say firstly that that's a yes. very valid criticism. I thought much the same. Just, Did you? Yeah. Just kind of hang out, you. hang out the front of the school and just take him. Just grab him. <laughs> like they do in every other creepy movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, you don't have to be the teacher, give your details, be trackable. Just, just steal him van. in a white van. Yeah, yeah or a white van. Oh, you'd van. use a black one. Okay. I would go black personally. That's okay. fine. White's yeah. good too. Um, <laughs> the white might sort of blind them with some dazzling light and they might not see your, you know, your yeah. plate or something. Or, or a up. ute, a ute yeah. like in room. A ute's good, yes. Mm. Open the door. Guy puts the bag over the head. That's it. That's what you, <laughs> that's what you have to do. You don't have to seduce anyone. It's really straightforward. Yeah. So are you going to make a positive point? I interrupted Then the you. positive point was the twist where then she rocks up. She basically steals the kid. They hang out for a great day. And mm. then she takes the kid to the new adoptive parents who she seduced, the lawyer and the fireman. Mm. And they just like just make up to sort of have a little chat about how you know how messed up this is and there's there's some tension but the end of it is just like can't we just all get along and both raise young polo and as all of ours and then next thing you know they're all in the kitchen together having breakfast you liked that i liked it it subverted the whole thing like i just Mm. was not expecting i was at first disappointed by the theft of polo after all of this work Mm. and then and then I was really surprised that then the next thing she does is just rock up to the to these other folks and admit the whole thing. And then mm. they all just get along. And that's the end. Like I, I thought that whole thing mm. really threw me, but was in a good way. Like I, I went for it. I went for the ride for, with that one. Likewise. I feel like I've been saying how much I enjoyed the film, but I think up to that point, I was ready to either love or hate the film, depending yeah. on where it went. And that scene where all all five of them are just there in the street, I thought that was tremendous. Yeah. It was so muted yeah. and there was all the, all the confusion that we've just been through for the whole thing. Suddenly when you see them all there, you, you, you're, you're thinking about all the storylines. Oh, my goodness, yes. what must he be thinking? What's she thinking? What are they going to say to each other? And yeah. it's so confusing for them all that the you can almost see them just decide that this is all too hard the best thing to do is she's under she's got us under her spell yep. we've just got to go with whatever she says and the next minute they they seem like they're all living together yeah <laughs> now do i have it right uh, i'm just my brain is mm. trying to catch up um to the end of this and remember what we watched only yesterday but um <laughs> does the uh do they all have those prolonged stares at each other right at the end of the film where they where there's yeah. meaning that's yeah, kind those of comes meaning, across. Those meaning meaningful stairs. stairs. Yeah, yes. there was one that was particularly good. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and one? Uh, no, I don't know which one you're talking <laughs> about. What was your What was your particularly good one? Well, in what I think was the moment of humour for the whole film, was when uh, it cuts from uh, Gail. So it goes from him, who we know from other clues, you know, could be. Uh, bisexual potentially right so it cut cuts from him who's looking lost and like he's been just been uh, drawn into this river this emma river um he looks over to the fireman and you 
that's the only relationship that hasn't yet been ignored. <laughs> that didn't even occur to me. That's awesome. And I just thought the placing of that. Is there but, a little eyebrow or something? Do we? Is there anything? I'm <laughs> not sure that, than that there is. <laughs> and any remind me ofs for this? One that I, I can't remember the name of, but it goes to the theme of the oh, adopting adopting the child and then giving them away, which is almost a taboo subject in it in itself and quite an interesting theme to explore. It is because you've something you never hear about but you imagine happens. Must happen. Yep. Uh, it reminded me of a of a Melbourne theatre company play. I can't remember the name of it. It was a comedy and one with song and one of the songs was all about uh, a couple who had um, rescued a dog and then were stuck with the dog and the, then the song was you can't return a rescue dog. So, <laughs> so that that moral dilemma where they've they've That's sort great. of been big heroes rescuing the dog and then you know you just <laughs> it's so impossible then they can't go back on that. Uh, so that just made me think thematically it's kind of the same except they did return him. And I think for the first half of the, of the film you're just trying to figure out what actually happened. Like, why did they return this kid? Was he as bad as they mm. said? Was he? Was it all them? Are they just terrible parents? And you can't really tell what's going on. Do you ever know? Probably not ever. You're right. I feel like you stop to maybe you stop caring as much in the yeah. second half because it becomes about the heist. It becomes about yeah. getting him back. And the first half is very much like trying to catch up and figure out where we are and what's actually going on in the world. He seemed like a decent kid. Like they, he, he wasn't. Fine. He didn't seem all that important to the whole thing, really, did he? Um, it was more like the story of him was more important, right? Hmm. Like than even the actual when, character. When he finally appears, he doesn't talk for ages. No. And then eventually she says, oh, so sorry, I did a few bad things. And yeah, I did some bad things too, mum. It's all a bit anticlimactic, that bit. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't think it needed to be anything else, really. Have you seen anything else by um, Pablo Lorraine, the director? He's apparently Chile's greatest director. That's what that's what it has on his own IMDb, which is interesting. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, I um I don't think I have. I I looked him up before and was surprised at how much um English language stuff he'd done. Yeah, right. I seems to have made a lot of films. I assume it was English language. Um, but yeah, I thought that there were a few names of films that I. I knew of anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, one was Neruda um, about, I think it's the poet, the Chilean, Chilean poet, Pub, ah. Pablo Neruda. Okay. Um, starring um, Gal Garcia Bernal as well. There you go. I, yeah. I hadn't heard of that one. Well, there you go. Um, I Probably the only re- last sort of remind me of for me was that the, the fashion and... Mm. The music and and all of that kind of craziness of this film really mm. reminded me of Luke Besson's work. I just okay. Anything just in has, particular? Well, I, I was thinking of um, Fifth Element. Feels almost like the sci-fi version of this film. Mm. You know, like it has all the crazy costumes and the the music's really upbeat and and kind of dancey next to a lot of the film. And um, the other thing I was thinking of was the Big Blue which is another fave of mine of Luc Besson's, uh, has that kind of European, mm. 
uh, wildness to it in the young, in the, the story of the people when they're young. And I really got a sense of that from just the way this group of girls go around and around Valparaiso, you know, so. Who directed Run, Lola, Run? Like there was a bit of bit of that about it too, you know, with the just with the pace of things and the crazy yeah. hair. Um, the totally. He uh, also directed Perfume, which is a fave of mine. Oh, Tom Tykwer, I was completely Tom Tyke. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Tykwer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was. Um, this is almost ridiculous, but Footloose. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just Chilean because edition. Chilean, <laughs> Chilean Footloose. Because <laughs> in that, in Footloose, the dancing is just a metaphor for uh, breaking out against mm. a, a society that lives by social norms. And, you know, the argument for kids to have freedom to do whatever they want, um, not to do whatever they want, but just to have their have a bit of freedom and and escape and i think that that was probably if anything that's what the dancing kind of meant in this film i think you're right i think you're right and chile has that history of mm. fascism kind of looming over it and mm. uh i think the young people have all their parents live through that so they probably do feel like they you know need to break out and go wild and rebel against their sort of very strict parents who have been through all sorts yeah. of hell, really. Rebel yeah. against John Lithgow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there was even like a, a sub-battle there, wasn't there, between different genres of different music styles. Yeah. Where um, Gaston was going for the more classical stuff and bagging the kids who uh, who love reggaeton. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I love it. <laughs> And did you get a sense this this was a contemporary piece, but like it's not set ten years ago or something? I mean, for mm. a moment with all the fashion, I thought maybe, but then at the same time, I was thinking, well, Valparaiso and yeah. and the whole vibe of that place feels like that's what people are wearing today, you know? Yeah, that's where I think I'm about um, twenty years too old to make a sensible comment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and in the wrong part of the world, so I don't know what you know what they're listening going to on? or what the place is meant to look like. True. That's true. Uh, pretty timeless, though. You feel like that could be any time from the 80s till now. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to say about Emma, closing night film? Just that I thought it was a ripper to close on. I thought um, the whole festival, it started with a with a nice uh, quiet bang with First Cow and then ended, uh, ended with a more full-on bang <laughs> with Emma. <laughs> A bit more of a riotous film. A riotous bang. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I like really it. rated it. Okay, good. I was mm. I'm I'm mixed. I don't feel strongly one way or the other. There are things mm. about it that I like and there are things about it that I dislike. Uh, but there's no love or hate there, you know? I just feel um, like it's a good film. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? There you go. It's probably the sort that you could watch again to, to pick up all the clues. That said, as much as I loved it, I don't think I'm going to watch it again because it is... It is some effort. And yeah. again, like we've said before, I think I'll be going for some Hollywood blockbuster next. After this. So I guess we should just say this wraps up, pretty much wraps up yeah. Miff as well. We've got one more film, which was just, which is like a special edition extra on the end of Miff. But mm. this is the closing night film. And 
um, we have we have watched ten films for this festival, done ten <laughs> episodes. Crazy. Yeah, more than we'd done before that. Yes, so we've, we've now got more Myth special episodes than we do normal episodes. That's right. That's right. And it's been a real ride, and I've really enjoyed it. And uh, I can't wait for Austin Film Festival to do something like this again. It's going to be great. Yeah. Until then, I guess thank you, Miff. Yeah. And see you next episode.